This is Callan KO brought to you by Anchor. KO's in the car on speakerphone. I apologize for any uh, bad sound quality that you may get during the the recording of this show. We're going to talk NFL Week 6 football. We're giving you predictions. We're going to get a couple of KO's former teammates on the line. We're getting Brandon Lloyd on the phone. We're going to talk to the homie Trap J. And we're going to talk about whatever else comes to mind. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. And feel free to hit us up, Anchor FM, Cal and KO. We'd love some feedback. We'd love some questions. We'd love to hear your predictions as far as how week six is going to play out. And anything else sports you want to talk about, hit us up. Let's get into it. Jaguars owner should keep on suggested Thursday at a strange Chicago business conference that his fellow NFL owners may be ignoring a difficult truth. <laughs> what? Tell, tell us what that difficult truth is. I think we should. You got a bunch. You got a bunch of eighty-five-year-old guys who don't think they're racist, but they are racist. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it hard to teach an old dog new tricks? Yeah. That's a big statement from the Jaguars owner, though, to say some stuff like that. Um, yeah. Is he American? Because I know I saw him when he was doing the protest with the Jaguars players. And what is his nationality? Do you know? Shaykhan. Yes. He's from Pakistan. Was he the owner he's when the you first were there? Non-white owner. He's the first non-white owner of the NFL team. Oh. And uh, he was talking about some of the fans that come to believe that supporting the players' first amendment rights to protest during the halftime is inconsistent with patriotism. That's a big deal coming from an NFL owner, but it makes sense that it's coming from the only owner that's not of American descent. Yeah. But do you think that's going to change anything? No. Racism is still there. Racism is one of those things that... If you've been doing it your whole life, you're not going to stop all of a sudden. Like, there's no, oh, I had this epiphany and now I realize the air of my weight. Unless you get baptized in the waters of the Jordan River, same way when Jesus got baptized. It's just something that you won't let it go. No, I agree with that. For people that don't realize it, it's hard for them to just take notes and be like, you know what, you're right. I've been thinking this way my whole life and it is wrong. Yeah, I don't see that happening with people, many people. People have people. a hard time admitting that they, they, they picked the wrong color or wear that thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? People <laughs> don't like admitting they're wrong. And when you come across racism, it's such a hot topic and sensitive subject that even people that are racist don't want to admit they're racist, but then they'll do racist stuff right in front of you. Yeah, and they won't admit that it's racist. It's always something It's different. There's something else behind yeah. it. How does it change? Because, you know, they always say that, you know, you're not born with hate. You're taught hate. So, yeah. How do we get this to stop if this is being taught generation to generation by people that don't realize that they are even racist to begin with? You, have, you need a powerful teacher in order to start teaching people how to learn again. Because people stop learning. They learn behavior and then they shut down. It's like the old thing, it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks. Yeah. So somebody has to be a powerful teacher to do some kind of demonstration that's going to really wake people up out of their comfort zone. I think Colin Kaepernick's decision to do this, this protest inadvertently became something far more powerful than himself. I don't think he foresaw what was going to come of this, but now that it is here, I think that the tool is actually one that's really good because you can't sit there and say it doesn't affect you because everybody watches football. I had uh, a friend on my Facebook who I've known since uh, we're at Pop Warner. He's like, ah, he, he comments on one of my posts, I don't watch football for politics, I watch football for entertainment. Well, guess what? The entertainers that are you're watching still live in America, and this racial issue is still a big issue for a majority of the people that play in the, the game that you're entertained by. So to do them, they got to step aside themselves as entertainers and be a human for a moment. Right. Uh, people can't become humans again and say, you know what, this is a human problem. I'm going to help deal with this like get back to my regular schedule program. They don't want to address the real 
real issue. They don't want to address the real issue because at the end of the day, most people, they don't have to address the real issue because it doesn't pertain to them. And that's the part that sucks about it. Hey, LeBron James ain't keeping his mouth shut about it. Steph Curry's not keeping his mouth shut about it. There are people that are entertainers that everybody watches and they love. You're like, you keep telling me when you hear about the protest. Okay, well, the dude that you really like the most is talking about the protest now. It's touching everybody. You can't keep avoiding it. You can't keep saying, oh, it's lack of patriotism. They're, they're dissing the flag or they're dissing the truth. No, they've already clarified that. It's not about that. It's about racial inequality and police brutality. And not all cops, the ones that are bad, but police are the ones that are bad. You get mad when somebody on a football team smokes feet and suspended and ruins your bad football league. Okay, well, how about getting mad when those cops are doing things they're not supposed to be doing in uniform and messing up your community? That's more important to me, I think. I agree, man, and very well said. You know, the selective anger that people choose to have is, is disappointing. Uh, but you did bring up the Jaguars owner, which sparked that conversation. So let's just go ahead and get right into football, man. Yeah. Let, let's get the business part of it out of the way. Because every time we talk football, I'm starting to feel like we get a little negative just because of all of the polarizing issues. So, uh, yeah. Um, there was some good football, though, man. Carolina and, and Philadelphia revived the hope of there being good football. Yeah, man. It was, it was a good game. And for the record, we both picked Carolina and we both lost. So we are 0, and 0 for 1 yeah. on the week right now. Um, but hey. hey well, that was very hard to go into Carolina and win. That's very nice. I thought the country went. Yep. I see him. Yep. There's no sophomore slump going on around here. Yeah, man, look at this. Philly is Philly's 4 and 1 now, 5 and 1. The only loss that yeah. they had was to Kansas City, who's undefeated. I think that's great for the NFC East to have somebody other than the Cowboys up there. That's just my personal preference. But how serious do you think Philly's going to be? I felt like they started hot last year and then they faded out. Do you think that they're going to be able to keep it together for the season based off of what we've seen? It's early. I, I wholeheartedly believe Philadelphia will win that division based on the fact that their D-line is playing lights out. The Sunshine Cock ain't even in full strength yet, and they're still killing I'm digging, I'm digging the Eagles for that division, definitely. All right, solid. Well, let's go through these week six picks real quick. Okay, we've got Miami at Atlanta. I'm pretty sure we're both picking Atlanta on that one. You got Atlanta? Yes, sir. I got Atlanta. All right, we got Cleveland at Houston. Uh, Houston lost J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless, two of their studs on defense, but I'm pretty sure they're still going to beat the Browns at home. Would you agree? I definitely agree. The Browns are a mess. Well, another team that's not too far from them in the toilet bowl is the San Francisco 49ers, and they're traveling to Wa. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, they're traveling to, uh, to Washington. I know you're a big fan of Kirk Cousins. Are they going to do what they're supposed to do this week and beat up on the Niners? Oh, Redskins got that. Cousins all day. Okay, I feel you. Um, New England at New York Jets. New England hasn't been playing as well as everybody thought at the beginning of the season. There were people talking like they were going to go undefeated because they come off of the Super Bowl and then they upgrade, uh, but they haven't put it together at the beginning of the season like they normally do. They're going to New York, which is a division game, but still a team that they should beat, although New York Jets seem to be getting it together. Who do you got, New England or the Jets? I got New England just for the fact that when uh, Jordan doesn't play good, uh, they really rally back in that game. They don't really fly a couple games in a row. It's not that often that that happens. And I don't think the New York Jets have enough uh, offense in order to keep up with the uh, Tom Brady's offense. So I think they'll come out there and they'll, they'll, they'll win pretty solidly. Uh, the other New York team, the Giants at Denver. 
Denver all day. <laughs> yeah, Denver all day. That's what you get, Eli. That is what you get. Yeah. Green Bay at Minnesota. Green Bay. Oh yeah, Green Bay. All right. Yeah, I got Rodgers for that lights out. Amen. I got Aaron Rodgers for MVP. I got you got Aaron Rodgers for MVP. I I, I already said yeah. it before. I think at the beginning of the season I said Matt Stafford. But since week two, week three, I said Alex Smith. Those are my two guys right now. I'm going to stick with them. Oh, you, yeah. I, 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 I got to retract that comment about Aaron Rodgers. I forgot about old buddy Alex Smith over there with the undefeated Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, Did they say it was a quarterback controversy and trying to get rid of him? Yeah. And he's, he's stretching it downfield, man. He's slinging it. Like, I, I love watching him play ball right now. Stop hating on Alex Smith. <laughs> Alex Smith is the real deal. <laughs> I agree. It's not a book. And uh, Kansas City's playing Pittsburgh this week. Pittsburgh's been up and Pittsburgh's been up and down. Right when you feel like they've got it figured out, they go ahead and blow a game. Um, so I'm gonna pick Kansas City at home to beat Pittsburgh. Who do you got? And the home of the Chiefs. <laughs> I used to hate that when they played there in Kansas City. They got that national anthem. They get mad about. Uh, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee for that has them. The Kansas City Chiefs, whole organization, the fans, the players, and the owners, everybody together, Rick James and that has them to say, the home of the Chiefs. Wow. Talk about sacrilege. It sounds so beautiful, but it's still sacrilege. So, yo, the only game that I, I see that we, we disagreed on, because I've got your picks in front of me, is Chicago at Baltimore. I got Baltimore. You think Chicago's going to do something? Oh, yeah. I, I think Chicago's a little more solid put together than, than uh, Baltimore. Baltimore's rocky. You know? They should have picked Colin Kaepernick up. They got demolished by the Jaguars. They did. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not seeing them beat uh, Chicago. I don't think that. See, for me, I feel like I don't think Chicago's that good of a roster, period. The only way I give Chicago a shot is if they're rallying behind their rookie quarterback that just got the start last week. I think Baltimore's a better team. They've just got really bad quarterback play. And that rides on their shoulders because, like you said, they should have signed Kaepernick. Joe Flacco ain't doing his thing. He's been hurt. I mean, they've got they've got a defense. Baltimore does. I feel like they've got some weapons out there. They've got some bad quarterback play. We both got Jacksonville beating the Rams. We both got Detroit beating the Saints. Oh, you didn't pick between Indy and Tennessee. Who do you got? It's kind of a snoozer of a game, but who do you got? Yeah, uh, I think Tennessee gets that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got Oak- we got Oakland beating the Chargers. All you Charger fans yeah. out there that are fans of uh, Mr. Kasim Osgood, he apologizes for picking the Raiders. No, he doesn't. I apologize, but the fact of the matter is, the defense for uh, Oakland is a lot more physical than San Diego. San Diego's losing their fundamentals, and uh, it's pretty painful to watch. Tackling issue. You're not going to be able to tackle Marshawn Lynch if you can't tackle some other running back from a team that's not even good. I can't remember his name anyway. <laughs> Chargers are giving up probably, I think Chargers are giving up the most yards on the ground this season. So that says a lot. Beast mode, he's coming. Hashtag yeah, that. I'm, I'm, I'm Khalil Mack, I mean, how much action is going to get off Philip Rivers? Man, they got to figure out a way to get that guy stopped. Oh my goodness. Phil, and you know Philip can't move. And then I think. Phil's not a dancer. Yeah, Phil Phillip is not a dancer. We won't be seeing him move them hot feet on Dancing with the Stars anytime soon. He can move, he can move them hips. He's got six kids. He can move those hips. <laughs> I don't think he can get some hits moving fast enough. <laughs> yes, sir. Very, uh, crystal clear. Perfect.
Perfect. Agree with you, and that's good input. 
It sucks. <clears throat> uh, we just talked to Tommy Johnson earlier, and he made a mention about uh, the the media has hijacked the, the message, and the president was involved with the hijacking, and they're confusing the message so that people can't rally together. It's like a divided conquer, so people can't rally together, and they don't know what the real message is. So it's been very hard for the people that started it, i.e., Colin Kaepernick, to get the real message out there, and he's not doing a good job of, of making it own. is the vehicle for the protest not necessarily the actual problem um like when people are mark when people are marching they're not protesting traffic that's just the vehicle um so so it's and and they can't find anybody that has made any statement from the nfl that says that this is about the flag and this is about the troops or this is about the military it hasn't been about that from the jump, and they still can't find anyone that says that it. It's about that, and it's just easy for them to keep making to, like you said, hijack it, distract, and and make it about what it's not. And Kaepernick, I've been saying he should have spoke up a long time ago, and he should have been sitting there saying, um, when they were trying to say it's about the flag, you should have said, no, it's not. This is what it's about. Let's stay on subject. No, it's not. Let's stay on subject. Um, and it. Um, but and now, and now it's gotten to this point where it's out of hand. But then you guys know him better than I do. What I said to Ko once was that maybe he's just not a good speaker. Maybe it was him to 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 start the conversation by the action, and then let the conversation be had by people that can speak better than him. I've never spoke to the dude, but he did get the conversation started, and we've gotten people on other platforms, whether it's in basketball. LeBron's a very good speaker and he knows what's going on. Um, Popovich, Curry, Steve Kerr, he got the conversation going and he's out there doing things with his money, so I give him credit for that. Um, but I, I still feel that he needs to be the guy to speak up and get this thing back on track if that's what right. is if that's what yeah, his real I, goal is. I was actually gonna say right and correct if I'm wrong, but I don't think Colin Cousins is very good. 
Quarterback? Ah, that hurt. Boy, not, not anymore. <laughs> Sorry. But um, oh, so yeah. I mean, I think mean, my, my segue for this um, subject is um, started the USFL. Donald Trump. Uh, thank you. So he has to let that go. Yeah. Talk about holding a grudge, fam. That's a very good point, man. That's why you, that's why you were on this show, because that was just to bring fire. <laughs> Straight <laughs> fire. up. Fire. Information. Hot money. Hot pocket. But hey, man, what do you think of uh, them bringing back uh, celebrations in the NFL? Oh, I thought it was so fantastic. It is so... I am so jealous. <laughs> I am so jealous. <laughs> Right. 
What is that? Who was the who was the song that got you hyped up the most? Free game to listen to. Uh, um, I like the Metallica Unforgiven. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Um, All right. Um, like the, like the gangster rap stuff. I'm trying to think, but I mean, Mike Don't You was uh, Unforgiven. Are you a fan of the uh, the new era of hip hop? I am. I think it is awesome. That uh, I, I love the rhyme pattern. Really? Is it a new rhyme pattern? Yeah, it's just, it's just, they're mad. Do you think they're, they're powerful lyricists nowadays as it was back in the 90s? I, I, I think, I think they're, I think they are. Um, uh, but, uh, like, two chains. I mean, the, the lyrical content is, it's off the charts. You have some two chains, the best man in red man? Right. With them? Oh, yeah. No! Oh, I like two chains, but met the man or red man level? Yeah, chains. Okay. I mean, I want to put the Migos in that category, but I put two chains in that. Category. <laughs> 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 I want to put, want to put Gucci Man up against uh, Red and Mess, but I'll put chains up. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another Southern artist, another trap artist that I would put up. Um, I can't think of any because I, uh, I, I, mean, I, I put Wayne, I put Wayne up. I put Wayne up. Yeah, I Wayne mean, is good today. I, I put Wayne, Wayne today. Not like an older, like a younger Wayne, but I'm talking about today Wayne. Okay. What I about mean, your body? I think there's no more metaphors for having sex. <laughs> this is people coming with him. <laughs> 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 I don't even know you can use that as a metaphor to talk about sex. That's good. I'm going to use that as a metaphor to talk about sex. Right. Happens in reality with the white people. You know what I mean? 
Yo, on a terrific Tuesday brought to you by Anchor FM. NFL Week 6 is in the books. We finished up with Monday Night Football. Indianapolis Colts at Tennessee Titans. That was a great game. But more importantly, it is the NBA tip-off Tuesday. That's what this is. We got the start of the season. The Warriors are back. A lot of changes in the basketball offseason. And we're going to start with the defending champs, the Golden State Warriors, my favorite team. They pretty much kept they they kept what they got and added a couple pieces. Uh, the team they're going against tonight, the Houston Rockets, they definitely made some changes. They brought in CP3 from the Clippers, so we're going to have the Rockets with Chris Paul and James Harden going against the defending champs. The Warriors are getting their rings. They're going to hang that championship banner up in the Raptors. That should be exciting. The Warriors uh, go into the season as the highest favorites when it comes to odds to win a title in any sport. In any year in the history of the odds makers, the Warriors are the highest favorites to win the title this coming season of the 2017-2018 season. I've been a Warriors fan my entire life. I go back to run TMC with Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, and Mitch Richmond. And anybody that knows anything about the Warriors knows that they've spent a lot of time being not so great of a franchise. They were known for having very high offensive quality teams, but never played defense under Don Nelson and some other coaches. We can go down the line. Through the history of the Warriors, they just haven't been that good of a franchise. So I'm very happy to see this team doing so good. You know, they've got three straight NBA Finals appearances, one, two out of the three. I never thought I'd see them make it to the NBA Finals, but I'm in, I'm. I'm embracing this moment and I'm holding on to this moment for dear life because this is the best this team has ever been in my existence on this earth. That being said, they spent more years being terrible than they have been good in my lifetime. And although we're on a great run, the fact that my favorite team that's been so bad are the highest favorites to win a title in the history of sports odds making. I'm a little nervous. I would rather them not be that. It's, it's impossible for the super team to fly under the radar when they have the players that they have. To me, that's a bullseye. The odds makers are setting this up to where it's set up to fail. Something is going to go wrong. And it's been funny because I heard a quote from Charles Barkley saying it sucks because for seven months he's got to fake it like it's not going to be the Warriors and Cavs in the NBA Finals. A lot of people feel that way. But you never know. It was the first time in NBA history that Two teams met up for three straight years in the NBA Finals. So for it to happen a fourth time in a row, I don't know. I hope the Warriors are there. I don't care so much about the Cavaliers as, as it pertains to them getting back there. But they're going to have some competition. Cavs go against the Celtics. 
That's going to be their first game of the season. So it'll be LeBron versus Kyrie. Um, the Celtics picked up Kyrie Irving in that trade. They also lost Crowder. That was a big move. But they signed Gordon Hayward from Utah as a free agent. LeBron just went out and recruited anybody he could. He got D-Wade to go up to Cleveland. He just got Derrick Rose to go to Cleveland. They got Isaiah Thomas in the trade. They had to let go of Richard Jefferson. He was a, a favorite in the locker room. But it's going to be interesting to see how the Cavs gel. All these teams are making these moves to go after the, after this one team, the Warriors. And I want to see how this plays out. A lot of all-stars switching squads. Oklahoma City revamped. They got a nice trio. They traded for Paul George and Carmelo Anthony during the offseason. Minnesota traded Jimmy Butler. So Jimmy Butler's working back with his former coach from Chicago, Tom Thibodeau, to go with Andrew Wiggins and the Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. They've got something brewing over there. Are the Lakers going to do what people think they're going to do? We've got Genie Bus and Magic Johnson. They're starting to sell the fact that the Lakers are on the come up. They've got the young talent and they're ready to make a push. We hope that that happens. They've got Lonzo Ball out there and some other quality players. Are the Lakers going to live up to the young hype that we're seeing being put, the, that pressure being put on them? I'm excited for this NBA season. It's going to be good. I hope the Warriors do what they're supposed to do and make it back to the NBA Finals and repeat. But for all of the people that are, that feel like it's a waste of time for the regular season because we're going to get the same two teams in the NBA Finals and we know the results of the playoffs, you never know. That's why they play the games. It's still going to be exciting basketball all the way through. There are going to be some really terrible teams, don't get me wrong, but I hope that the league as a whole is good. Even though Michael Jordan disagrees, he thinks 28 teams are going to be garbage out of the 30 Michael Jordan being the owner of the Charlotte team basically told his team that they're going to suck. But that's a whole other that's a whole other talk show right there. Way to build up the morale, MJ. We'll get KO on here to talk week six NFL football. But for right now, it is the NBA tip off. We got the dubs two nights against the Rockets. CP3 Harden versus the dubs. Call in with your picks. Call in with your opinions. What are you looking forward to? In this coming NBA season Let me know We'd like to hear your feedback It's Cal and KO on Anchor Let's talk Major League Baseball playoffs Houston Astros and the New York Yankees Are in an intense Game 4 right now As I speak Astros are up 4 zip The New York Yankees got 2 runs back Aaron Judge hit a solo home run That man is something special When it comes to he's either He's go big or go home. He's either going to hit it out the park 800 feet, strike out, or they're going to walk him. Doesn't seem like there's anything else. And Mighty Mouse, Mr. Altuve on the Houston Astros side, him and Carlos Correa seem to keep doing their thing, which is producing. It's going to be really interesting to see how the voting for the American League MVP award goes. It's going to come down to, I think, Aaron Judge or Jose Altuve. And Altuve led the league in hitting... And Aaron Judge won over the hearts of everybody with his mammoth home runs. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the voters vote on that award. And coming up uh, after that one is going to be Game Three of the Dodgers and Cubs series. They're going to Chicago. LA's up two zip. I'm a Giants fan, so I will not be rooting for the Dodgers. Not now. Not ever. It's all about the Chicago Cubs. I sure hope that they can find a way to get it together. 
they had a couple bad calls go their way while they were in L.A. They maybe Mr. Joe Madden, their manager, made some bad managerial decisions in critical moments. But they always seem to get it together when they go back home. They've got the winning pedigree. And as far as I'm concerned, being a Giants fan, what the Dodgers always do is somewhere around September, October, they just Google, how do we fuck this up? And then they proceed to follow the list of things as far as how a successful team fucks things up and ends up not with the winning success that they planned. So that's what I'm hoping the Dodgers do as far as that is concerned. This is a great Tuesday right now. Are you kidding me? NBA tip-off, MLB playoff baseball. We're getting close to the World Series. We're almost halfway done with the NFL football season. There's a whole lot of upsets in that NFL football season that have been going on. When KO gets on, I want to talk to him about that. There's been things that he says and... I uh, tend to take take KO as being the conspiracy theorist sometimes. He has an explanation for why there have been so many upsets throughout the NFL this year. And I don't want to paraphrase for him. We'll just make sure we get him on and he's going to give us that feedback. That is what he is here for. He is our NFL expert. 12 years in the league, three-year Pro Bowl. He knows his stuff. Me, not so much. That's why I refer to him. Cali KO on anchor. Well, shit, that didn't take long. NBA tip-off Tuesday, 2017-2018 season. There's already an unexpected plot twist in the very first game of the season. Five minutes into the first quarter, Boston Celtics free agent acquisition. Gordon Hayward goes down with a fractured ankle, thus changing the narrative uh, for the rest of the season for the Boston Celtics. They were the number one seed last year. They made the trade with Cleveland for Kyrie Irving. They signed Gordon Hayward. They were the team that was supposed to compete with these Cleveland Cavaliers that they played tonight, which was a very good game. We'll get into that. Talk about a morale deflator. Five minutes in, Gordon Hayward goes out. We were talking in the last break about the Warriors being the odds-on favorites to win this season before it's even played and there's a lot of time and and my point was that you know you still have to play the games and this is why because you never know who's going to go down you never know what happens some teams might not gel some players might get hurt and that changes the dynamic of a team and it's unfortunate for Boston that it happened five minutes into the season Brad Stevens is a good coach They still have a talented team, and they showed that tonight because they were competing with Cleveland in the second half of the game. After the injury, Cleveland goes on a run. They start to blow them out. I'm sure being a Celtics player, that had to be tough to sit there and handle watching that. Being a person in general, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see anyone go through that period. But Boston was able to regroup. They have a very young team. Jalen Brown was balling. Jason Tatum, their rookie doing very good Kyrie had a very good game they competed they got back in it they actually took the lead at one point in the fourth quarter so considering what they went through that was a very good showing for the Boston Celtics are they going to make a trade during the season are they going to ride with the players that they have winning the championship is the goal competing with Cleveland is the goal they were the champs in the Eastern Conference what do you do now Uh, Derrick Rose on the Cleveland Cavaliers looked very good in his debut with the team. 
it was a very exciting game. It did not disappoint. It just sucks that it had to go down with Gordon Hayward breaking his ankle in the very first quarter of the game. But it was a very exciting game. Came down to the last possession, the last, the final seconds of the game. Both games did. And we'll get into the second game now, which oh, it hurts. Houston Rockets at Gold State Warriors. You know, you guys know I'm a Dubs fan. The ring ceremony was awesome. What we were talking about. You never know. You got to play the game. These injuries. Draymond Green suffers a knee strain in the third quarter. He doesn't play the fourth quarter. Houston gets hot. They start getting second chance points. They're getting offensive boards. They're they're driving to the lane, getting easy baskets. Things in situations that wouldn't happen where Draymond Green would be in the game. Injury for the Golden State Warriors. I said that there were there was something that was bound to happen with them. Not because I want that to happen, but when you have a team with the odds on favorite that are the clear on favorites to win it, with the best odds ever. For any team in any sport They're setting it up for failure He gave him a target He gave him a jinx And it, it took one game To where now they're going to have to deal without One of their key players, Draymond Green We don't know how long it's going to be But It's the very beginning of the season They still have some new players They're trying to get some chemistry What is going to happen with the Warriors I mean, shit, even the referee got injured In the Warriors Rockets game he fell down, had a back problem, had an oblique problem. They had to finish the game with two referees instead of three. So there you go. For all of you people that want to sit there and talk about the clear favorites, the odds on favorites, and why do we need to play the game? Because I got to talk about it being a boring season because we know what's going to happen. This team's going to win. There you go. Right now, Gordon Hayward out for the year. Draymond Green, knee injury. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Referees falling on the court that's why they play the game CP3 came up limping in one of the quarters he was non-existent in the fourth quarter shout out to the Rockets for winning a very close game in Golden State it came down to the last possession KD gets a shot off he makes it they go to the they go to the clock and he had the ball in his hands for just a split second too long Rockets come away with a good one I don't know if their style of play is going to be good enough to hang with the Warriors long term or when it comes to playing in a playoff series. They still got a lot of isolation ball. Let me hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball. Try to drive, kick to somebody. Hopefully they make a three. They can put up points with the Warriors. They showed that. Can they play D? They haven't shown that yet. So anyways, what an exciting start to the NBA season. Two very close games come down to the last possession. All four teams are supposed to be in the hunt for the title. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Moving on, let's talk baseball. Yankees come back to win in New York. Beat the Astros. They've now tied that series 2-2. Two to two. Can't wait to see what happens in Game 5. And the LA Dodgers take a 3-0 lead by demolishing the Cubs in Chicago. So it looks like we've got an exciting series going on in the American League with the Yankees being able to tie this and compete with the Astros, get some runs, and hang with them. Their pitching has been able to keep them in the games with a very high-powered Houston Astros offense. And then the Dodgers don't seem to be choking like I was hoping they were going to do. 
They're up 3-0, commanding 3-0. And we're going to see what happens in Game 4. Game 4 is on Wednesday. Hopefully they start to have the demise that I expect the Dodgers to normally have. I'm sure there are a lot of baseball purists and old school heads that would love to see a Yankees-Dodgers World Series. I'm not one of those people. I would be okay if the Yankees went against the Cubs. I'd be okay if the Astros went against the Cubs. And that's about it. I would rather not have the Dodgers in the equation. But again, that's just me. They're looking really good, though. That's a that's a solid team that doesn't seem to be choking like teams of Dodgers past. We'll see how that goes. It's Cal and KO on Anchor. What's up, guys? Shane Larson here from the Game Time Guru. Um, I host a podcast on Anchor, which I haven't been active on for about a month or so. But I also have my podcast on iTunes and all the other podcast platforms. So I wanted to get my take on the Rockets. I totally agree. I don't think they would actually mesh in a seven-game series uh, just based on what I saw in one game. Granted, I do think they look well. They have the right pieces in place. Uh, They got the shooters to knock down the threes. Um, I, I hope that CP can, you know, remain healthy because without him, it's not going to, we, we want to take the, the load off of Harden. If you're a Rockets fan, got to take the load off of Harden. Don't have the ball in his hands so much so he doesn't turn it over as much. Um, and CP is going to do that if he stays healthy. And I think if he can do that and they limit the turnovers in the playoffs, they could be dangerous. Let's get right into it, man. What do you think of all of these uh, the scores that are coming out of these weekly football games in the NFL. Upset after upset after upset because the ratings are down. And they need to find a way to amp up uh, participation from the fans, get people watching, get people interested, keep them engaged. The only way to do that is to make sure there's parity in the league and they manipulate games in order to get ratings. That's how it works. There's a lot of money involved. It's a billion-dollar corporation. You can't leave it up to the, fa- uh, up to the players to take charge. You know, we're, we're mindless zombies that just do what we're told. <laughs> so, I, I spoke on this a little bit earlier before you got here, and it was that you had a theory about this, and I want you to elaborate on it. You know, so give, give, give the doubters that don't believe in a conspiracy or don't, or they'll just say it's conspiracy and it's not fact. Give an example of how how they the NFL might manipulate a game for that that parody that you're talking about well uh it's the same thing with uh college football you get ratings based off of uh your fan support uh if you travel well things like that you know or to be on tv you got to have the atmosphere that's conducive to primetime television so you know ratings are everything for the tv contract so they got to find a way to get people engaged so you know the upset coming in who's his team uh, who's their star players are they marketable if you talk about them all, all week on ESPN are going to get ratings for that is it that the person that people want to hear about you know if he's is he controversial uh, all that stuff you know the Patriots are big with you know Tom Brady you know you notice that there's a lot of the players that are really well but Tom Brady is really the headliner that makes ratings happen so the tuck rule that happened with um, Charles Woodson way back in the day phantom rules are all of a sudden now it becomes part of the, uh, the, the NFL policy that's always his rule now but at the time they just couldn't see New England going out because Oakland in, in the uh, championship uh, that year it wouldn't work you know what I mean there's no no one's gonna watch that Patriot fans they get better ratings and uh, NFC championship game the Niners versus the Seahawks there was blatant calls that were missed that were horrible, like obvious. Everybody says it, and it still went. It still went. 
people were, were endangered. Talking about player safety, but the calls were made that, that didn't even discipline people who were doing pretty bad things, like rolling up people's legs and breaking ankles and things like that. So they never show that game. I, I, have you ever seen that NFC Championship game, the uh, Seahawks versus the, uh, the Niners? The Niners. The, any replay. Have you ever seen a replay of that year? I have not looked for it. They took it offline, too. It was yeah, online. I'm and a they Niner took it fan. I YouTube. Don't... They took it off YouTube. Really? Okay. I never tried to watch it just because my team didn't win. I'm a Niner fan. So I don't want to watch that game. But I remember watching the game and thinking all of those things. There were some really janky calls. Blatantly Blatantly horrible. janky calls. We played Denver. Uh, uh, was it the Chargers? We played Denver. Ed Hockley. Oh, I remember that one. Come on. I, I so obvious, one. bro. There's so many different scenarios that happen so many times. And people always say, oh, man, that ref blew that call. Like, yeah, okay, there's human error. You're going to blow calls. Then there's like... That calls out of nowhere. That many people that believe that that calls out of nowhere can't be wrong. You really, if it's like it's that's if it looks like a rat, it sounds like a rat. It's a rat. Okay. All right. And I remember that call. I give Ed Hockley a lot of credit just because of the fact that when it happened, he was like, "Yo, my bad." Yeah. I made the wrong call, and since I made the wrong call by rule, I, this is what I have to do now. I wish I could give y'all this touchdown, but I can't. Bad. But it was bad. Um, but uh, go coming back to right now. This was week six. There were fourteen games, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We had nine of them wrong. A lot of people had those uh, same games wrong. But you know, there's a lot of distractions going on in the league right now with all the stuff going on in the news that people just get they, get, they lose their faith in it. Like all these distractions. I've heard people say it time and time again. I watch football for entertainment. I don't watch it for politics. So you, you got to make these games interesting. You know, there was a comment made by the president of the United States says that the games are boring and people don't watch them anymore. The ratings are going down. The ratings were going down. I don't know how boring the games were, but the ratings were going down. So you have to make it even more interesting by demonstrating that you have the ability to get a crowd engaged, get the whole people back into their old way of you know Sunday football. I don't know if it's just me personally. I'm not not saying I'm like scorned or scarred or whatever. But now that I'm not playing, I just I don't even hear people excited about football. Maybe it's just me or my little world, whatever. But no, I hear you. I don't I don't hear anybody saying, "Hey, we're having a football party where everybody can come over and watch football and Sunday football." You know, go to church and then go watch Sunday football. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. I think the city we're in in San Diego, everybody's a little hurt right now about that's what I was the charges. I, I, I was that's me. That's that's the way um, it's here. But I I do I do feel that that is the general feeling of people around the country. Yeah. And it's not like I'm doing a poll or anything, but I'm watching enough. <laughs> I'm watching enough TV, and they're doing polls, and they're asking people their opinions on football, and the ratings are dropping. The game was getting less exciting, um, and. People were worried about the league having a, um, a credibility issue, and yeah. and so with these upsets that are happening now, and how you're saying that they're going to do what they can to keep the game exciting, they've already brought back celebrations. We've talked about that. So now they're having games like, for example, Miami at Atlanta, where Miami is nowhere near being. Uh, pick to win that game Atlanta's got a 17 point lead and they blow that lead to Miami at home um, so 
and there are other games where that that those kind of um, the winless Giants beating Denver in Denver. I San just, Diego beating Oakland. San Diego beating Oakland. So That's, all of these games where we're not the we're not bad people. I don't think we're bad predictors of the outcome of games. But I've for us to that have off. that many wrong, man. I'm in the sure. history of me picking games, I've never been that off. I maybe missed one or two games. That's it. But so is it? Is it one of those things? Like you remember the movie Blue Chips with Nick Nolte and Shaq and Penny yeah. Hardaway back in the day? And then he uh, Nick Nolte found out that one of his players was throwing games, and it wasn't like he was having a bad game. It just be a turnover in a critical moment and things of that nature. So on the NFL standpoint, uh, if the NFL was to throw a game, let's say. Would it be one of those things where it's, they're going to have a ref maybe call a call um, where the team that's driving is who may be the favorite to win that game and they're getting momentum, they call a holding penalty. So now it's third and long instead of second and short or something yeah. along those lines just to kind of stall the momentum, not necessarily taking points away from people, but little calls that they might get away with here and there to then affect or try to affect the outcome of the game. They're, they have some very smart people behind the, uh, the outcomes and predictors and uh, probabilities, percentages of if this happens and this, if this happens and that, and this scenario, these teams together, the history of this. There's like logarithms they have put all, put all these uh, data points into a, uh, an equation and like the, what makes the best TV. Same thing they do for all ratings for any TV show. So picture NFL like you would um, Real Housewives of Hollywood. You know, Real Housewives of Orange County. All right. That's not a reality show. It's real life, but it's not reality. It's still, they, they set up scenarios in order for them to react to the scenario in a real life setting or life format, but it's still scripted. The NFL is the same way. It's scripted. NFL is scripted. Yeah. Coming from a 12-year NFL vet, the NFL is scripted. Damn. There's too many, there's too many things that are behind the scenes that are going on that... I mean, most people don't even realize. It's crazy. Like I said before, it's not the best product on, on the field on Sunday. It's like the WWE. Yes. <laughs> right. It's just another form of entertainment. It's just... Entertainment is entertainment. And they're going to make sure that you're entertained in however way they got to do it. So you might see... I remember back in the days you know, when I'd go watch the WWF back then, when they'd come to the arena and it wasn't one of the televised events. I lived... In a city where they were never televising So they'd come And you'd get to see Hulk Hogan And he'd fight Macho Man uh, And then you'd, you'd You'd be one of those moments where you actually Saw Hulk Hogan lose Hulk Hogan just lost What the heck But then you'd go This was a non-title fight Because they wanted to make sure he had his title still When he fought for the pay-per-view Politics. Or for the Yep. <laughs> for the nationally televised Make more money uh, He's a shows. champion He brings a bigger crowd the People are more interested They make more money Gotta have that Damn man That makes Roger Goodell Vince McMahon Yeah Damn man And Jerry Jones Is the mouth of the south Jimmy Hart <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, Uh is uh, Bob Kraft Bobby the Brain Heenan? Yes. <laughs> we could do this all day. Oh, comparisons could... are all there. Shaq <laughs> Khan. Shaq <laughs> Khan's the Iron Sheik. Oh, no. He went there. 
Oh, Kasim's racist. I'm not racist. Oh, I'm part of the race. Brandon Lloyd said everybody's racist. You are. Just what level? <laughs> right. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Let's get Wiz Khalifa high. Yeah, straight up. Let's make that happen. I'm just keeping going. All right, so we got the basketball on. Um, I know... When did you stop following basketball? Is that Santa Claus? Man. Is that St. Nick? Boy, that's Greg Popovich. That's the most woke coach in all of sports right there, him and Steve Kerr. He looked like St. Nick. Without the... without When he just shaved. He just got rid of it. That's his, that's summer St. Nick. <laughs> he, he just cut... He Christmas just, in July St. Yeah, Nick. <laughs> he cut the beard off, got the short hair... Slowly growing it back, getting ready for his his season. It was crazy. I don't I don't know a ton of players, and, and you know over the past like two decades, I just haven't watched basketball, man. When when Michael Jordan retired, it was the end of an era. And Dominique Wilkins got diabetes. Carl Malone retired. Clyde Drexler's gone. I mean, it was as you grow up, you you watch a game a certain way, and you have your players that you like can relate to. And as I got older, it's just. I don't know if his priorities changed. Ooh. He just got dunked on. Okay, Carl Anthony. Satchel satch on down now. Him. Uh, yeah, uh, when the Bulls broke up, uh, Dennis Rodman was done, Scottie Pippen was done, Michael Jordan was done. I just stopped watching basketball. That was your era, the 90s? Yeah. All right. When I was back, you know, I was in high school playing basketball, and the shoe game was lovely. So, yeah. I still got them J kids. Yeah, the shoe game. Probably anybody got those. The shoe shoe game from the 90s was the best. It was a start off of all this. It really was. People getting shot in line waiting for Jordan. That started in the 90s. Yeah. Them Jays. And then then even like the Penny Hardaways when when he got his. And then the foam posits. And then Scottie Pippen came out with the up-tempos. I was just going to say that. The up-tempos killed it. It was the up-tempos that killed it. Because the up-tempos made Jordan create uh, Team Jordans. Yep. It was up tempo, just like up tempo, up tempo, up tempo, up tempo. Those things were so fresh, man. Um, Favorite I, shoes all time. Oh wow, J- the Jordan, probably the black and red six, black and infrared six. Ooh, those are nice. I got those. Never worn in the box still. Really? I was going to give them to my son, but uh, I just got them. I'm not, I'm not wearing them. I'm waiting to see. It's got to be something, like, something monumental. It's like finding a 1959 Chateau Lafitte Rothschild. <laughs> <laughs> that's wine for y'all that don't really understand what wine is, but that's something that's this, 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 very remarkable. Yeah. My, yeah okay. Legendary. I think my favorite my favorite J's were probably the threes, and then... I loved the 11s. Every single pair of the 11s. The, the, all, those patent leather J's were were real. Favorite shoe, non-Jordan. Ooh. Basketball shoe or any shoe? Anything. It could be anything. Dang. It could be a pair of Tommy Bahama sandals. I actually have a pair of those. It's kind of comfortable. Damn, I, I, can't even, I can't even think of one. Favorite non-Jordan shoe? Mm-hmm. Probably those pennies, the first ones, not the foam posits, the air oh, pennies. The very first. Yep. Those are nice. Yeah, I had a lot of pennies. I liked all of the pennies. My favorite shoe that was impactful. This is impactful. The Prestos. Oh, the very first. It was a. It just started a whole new genre yeah. of. This is just casual. Like this is cool. It's casual. It's like a sock, but it's a shoe. 
And if, if, if the Prestos changed the game. Those were the most comfortable, Presto. running, casual. Yeah, you're right. But if you know what, I got, I, I take it back. I got one. The shoe that affected my youth was the Nike Cortez. Oh, OG right there. You <laughs> started it all. Yeah, Nike Cortez. Nike's Cortez. Yep. And then um, when the Bo Jacksons came out, though the white, blue, and orange Bo Jacksons, those, yeah. yeah, those, those were real. That was the first shoe. I was in middle school, and I remember that was the first shoe that I got, um, like a size too small, just because it was the only shoe left, and I was determined to have that shoe. Yeah. So I made sure I was like, I don't know, it don't matter. No, they fit fine, mom. But I, I want these bows, and I would wear those. Cortez's and Air Force Ones, iconic. You know what? I've never been a fan of Air Force Ones, like wearing them. I like the way they look, but I don't like wearing them because they're just a little too heavy like they're a little too boaty i love like that I, I, I for a while i loved them i haven't worn them that often i just wore my, my i had a leather chocolate ones i wore the other day with the gum bottom i still got the ones from the pro bowl those uh yeah. the gray reflector ones with the the pink and the teal guy yeah, those were fresh still got those i've never worn any of my pro bowl air force ones they're all still mint condition in the box my boy tried to buy them from me so i'll give you a thousand for each one of them like no those black and red 13s that you came over here in today are pretty dope. Those are my favorite. That's my go-to. Above the 11, those those are the, the ones. I, I love the navy, uh, the navy blue and black low-top ones. Had those back in yeah. the original issue. Yeah, for me, look at that dunk. That's yeah, Greek freak, man. You get dunked. You got a man bun you get dunked on? That's what you get for in a man bun. Boy, Cut he your got, hair. He got the boosties in him. You got a man bun and you try to block somebody's dunk and they dunk on you? You gotta wear a skirt. I I can see that. When was the fr- uh, how old were you when you dunked for the first time? I was a, a, a sophomore in high school, and I dunked the ball. Get on the mic a little bit more. I was in high school, sophomore year, and I dunked on the homie. And I told him, I said, "You get dunked on, I son you. You owe me your mom's number." And walked away. <laughs> Wow, sophomore year of high school. All right. Yeah, I don't think I, my first dunk. Yeah, please. I had my first dunk freshman year of college. I played basketball in high school, but I was short. I mean, not like I'm Superman right now. I'm only six feet, but back then I was like five nine. I didn't I didn't hit my sprout until senior year of high school, going into freshman year of college. So. I, I was probably at my best when it came to that around yeah fresh freshman year freshman year of college is my first dunk not even at a, at the arc it was at Peterson's gym I remember uh, one of my homeboys is a, a little more uh, popular than uh, I was for the, uh, the the basketball because I I just came from football and I want all the accolades in football like you know I get all the hype during football season like all oh, that but then when it comes to basketball season uh, one of the homies uh, we get all the hype he's a point guard and we had a dunk contest and I clearly had the most magnificent dunk that was just hard loud like you know Larry Johnson used to dunk and he put that, that effort in there, like ah grandma right. yeah so he they gave him the the, the win because he I did a dunk but uh. It's it's funny I look back like back then dunking was everything. 
like this, if you could touch the rim, it was cool. Like people, I remember uh, during uh, lunch break, everybody out there on the basketball court trying to just at least touch the rim. The freshmen trying yep. to touch the rim. Yep. Why was that? It's such a big like social emo- social moment. Hold on. Rites of passage. <laughs> I touched the rim. <laughs> 